if you will go online to our website, then you can hit the blog, and the blog has a layout of the notes. Every uh, week, I will literally write out my sermon in written form so that you can go and, and go back and revisit some of the ideas and concepts. But also, uh, there are discussion questions that are born out of every message. Many of our community groups use those as discussion forum in their small group elements, and some do not. That's fine either way, but I want you to know those are always available to you, and you can actually take those and utilize them as a family conversation. Pick a question that resonates with you and use that around the dinner table. And I want to give you an illustration uh, of how that worked for us on our trip this last week. We, it was the spring break, you know, for the girls. And so we just took a few days down to Dallas. And on the drive down there, it was really interesting because I just, I, I asked the girls, uh, all three of them, Tracy and Faith and Lexi, I said, let's just put our phones down for a moment. How many of you know that alone will bring about revival, right? In a digital world, we have to purpose human moments. So I want to encourage you to understand the importance of that alone, but we put down our digital apparatuses, and I simply said, I want to I ask you a question. Who's somebody that is on your heart that we can pray for? I just want you to think about somebody that's on your heart that we can pray for. And, and they started having this conversation. We named people that I see in the room now uh, and several different people. And so as they were telling me, somebody that was on their heart for us to pray for, you know, what we might think is, yeah, that person came to mind. How many of you know God doesn't get the credit he deserves? He's prompting us many times, and we're thinking, oh, something came to mind. Really, God is orchestrating our lives. And so we want to constantly work at trying to hear what God's wanting to say. And so I just said, you know, these are people that God perhaps is stirring in our heart to pray for. So as we're driving, I just said, let's just begin to pray. And everybody started praying over those names and those people and just asking God just to minister to them powerfully. This is the essence of what we're trying to do this week with our discussion questions. Here's the discussion question you'll find if you go online. Share a situation in somebody's life other than your own that you would like to see God do uh, something specific for them. Just have that conversation. You can do this around your dinner table, but it's a conversation that awakens us to compassion so that we're then listening to what God might want to stir and really mobilize us to be a force to be contended with in the earth. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church, but we must be awakened to the purposes of God. That's what God wants us to do while we're here today. So I want you to think with me. Who's somebody that comes to mind? This next week, you're going to have co-workers, neighbor, you know, someone in your neighborhood, somebody you'll see at a grocery store, somebody that you see at a restaurant you go to frequently. Who is somebody you're going to see this next week that suddenly comes to mind? And what I want to ask you to do today as we're going into this time of prayer, I'm going to explain the crosses that are over on the sides of the platform in the dark, <clears throat> but there's an assignment I want to give you today uh, as we walk this out together in our worship. But I want you to think about that one person that suddenly comes to mind. Do you have that person? When that person comes to mind that you're going to see this week that you can pray for this morning, then I want you to raise up this, this means I've got my one, Okay. You have that person coming to mind? We're just kind of listening. I mean, that's just, we're pondering what's God saying? Okay, Lord, we just first and foremost, we want to be used by you. We're not interested in showing up and having an awesome church service. 
Lord, we want to be the church. We know, Jesus, you didn't die so we could merely go to church and make it a great experience. You died so we would be the church. Help us, Lord, not to uh, be entertainment central in our focus. Where we show up at church, it's more like going to movies. But, Lord, help us to really be engaged so that when we come and we gather as the church, it's more like going to the gym. We accomplish something as we're orchestrated under your guidance and direction. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Do you think that alone can impact the atmosphere of the conversation you're going to have this week with the person that we just prayed for? The answer, yes. That's the answer. Prayer is a really important part of what God wants us to do, and I'm going to talk to you about that today. The title that we're going to talk through is called Airspace and ground troops. We've been talking for weeks about the rhythm of prayer. We've given you a daily layout, a suggestion for each day of a focus for Sunday, a focus for Monday, a focus for Tuesday. Uh, these publications have been out in the lobby uh, all of the, the, the time that we've been doing this. You can get this online on the blog. There's a link you can go, and you can see all of what that layout is. We're trying to cultivate a rhythm of prayer. This is why, and I, I want to draw a parallel. It's going to be pretty obvious for you to see as I begin this explanation. But military planners, I'm just speaking completely in the natural realm, military planners require an environment, think about this, of air supremacy. Military planners that are going in and invasion tactics, they require an environment of air supremacy before the ground troops can really go in and be at their most effective expression. There are actually five uh, levels of air control, just militarily speaking. Those five levels of air power are air incapability. We have no capability in the midst of that. And then we start to take a little bit more control. We have air denial. Then we have air parity. And then we have air superiority. And ultimately, we have air supremacy. We've taken complete control of the airspace where we're, where we're needing to go in and invade. At that point in time, we can take over uh, any land, any space, any area with the ground troops coming in at their very best. Make sense? This is exactly what prayer does. I want you to understand we are the ground troops you and I are going to have the face-to-face -face conversation with the people we're going to talk to this week, and we need to effectively take control of the airspace before we're trying to go in and do the work of the evangelist. God has called us to be men and women of prayer that are addressing things in the spirit realm around us, not just walking through, hoping it all turns out all right. Listen, I, when I was in college, I saw these two guys, and, and they were working out in the gym, and, and believe it or not, I used to work out in the gym. And as I, I was watching them, man, they would scream in each other's face. They were bouncers in a bar. They had muscles on their biceps as big as my quads. I mean, they were massive. They've shaved the hair off their body and stood in the, in the mirror, and they flexed and screamed, and they were competitive bodybuilders and, and, and again, you know, worked bouncer in a bar. And, and when they would scream in the room, like all of us uh, wimpy dudes, you know, would be over there kind of like, oh, I hope they don't come over here, you know. I mean, they're like, Rawr! and I'm over there, hup, 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 hup. you know, my workout, very, two, two very different expressions of working out, and, and, and I'm watching these guys over there, and, and, and I'm thinking, oh my, I mean, they're, they're beasts, and the Holy Spirit says, I want you to go over and share my love with those guys. 
And I was just like, Lord, you must not see what I see for you to want me to go over there. The answer, no. I mean, I'm just telling you, that was where I was. I literally came back the next time they were there screaming, and I felt overwhelmed, you know, and the Lord again convicted me. I changed my workout schedule. I stopped coming at the time I normally came when they were there, and I came at a different time on purpose so I wouldn't have to be convicted to talk to these guys that were going to rip my head off for telling them about Jesus. I mean, that's what was going on inside. And so something happened with their schedule that same week that I changed my schedule, and guess who was in there? I came in, and I'm doing my workout, and here they come walking in, and I'm like, okay, fine, God, dun, dun, da, dun, dun, da, dun, 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 this is it, you know? And so I walk over, and, I, and I'm just like, look, guys, I don't really know what y'all believe, but I'm a Christian, and I have felt like for the last two weeks, the Lord has wanted me just to come and tell you that God really does love you, and he has a plan for your life. And man, I'll see you in the gym if you guys ever want to talk about that. I just want you to know I'm, I'm available to that. And, and the guy that was the meanest, his name was Neil. The other guy, he looked really nice, and he was like, thanks, bro. But Neil, the guy that was the meanest, the one that I thought was surely going to kill me, he, he stepped up to me, and as he walked up, you know, <laughs> he stepped up to me, and he goes, I was on the phone last night to a friend of mine named Al who told me if Jesus came back, he wouldn't want to be bouncing in the bar like I was doing. He said, and then here today, you're talking to me about this. And he said, I think I need to get right with God. <laughs> Neil gave his life to Jesus. We later became roommates. Al later moved to Stillwater. We were going to OSU at the time. And uh, we all roomed together, and they're still serving the Lord today. I, I just want you to know, fear robs us of so much of what God wants to do, and it's not that complicated. We're praying for people taking control of the airspace, and then we just go in and we have normal human conversations, and it really opens the doorway of what God desires for us to do. So I, I want to just encourage you in something. Be people of prayer. Be people of prayer. There's a lot going on in the spirit realm. Do you know that? If you'll, if you'll read the Daily Oklahoman today, it's, is it called the Daily Oklahoman now? The Oklahoman, I think, is the, they've changed the name of it. Anyway, today's newspaper for our metro uh, in the religion section, I was actually able to talk with Carla Hinton this last week. She published an article, and I was commenting on what her uh, article is. And it's a gathering of atheists over Easter weekend as they're coming together to celebrate the opposite of what we're going to be celebrating a week from today. And she said, Pastor, what do you think about this? Atheists who don't believe in God are purposing to gather and I just, I told her, you know, the thing is, atheists are known by what they're against. Christians are known by what they're for. We should only really be stepping into a posture of declaring, let Jesus be lifted up. All men be drawn unto him. I don't have to become adversarial against what they're doing. I simply need to lift up the name of Jesus. And guess what? He's big enough to draw people to him. There's no need for me to start moving into this place of hurling in. Insults. 
Is there really any reason for us to be insulting? And, and it's kind of like the Jerry Springer conversation. You know, come on, Pastor, jump in here. What do you think? And I said, I, I just want you to know, there's never been a problem in our world with an abundance of darkness. The only problem in our world is the absence of light. There's not a battle when darkness is there. All you have to do is turn on the light. This room was completely dark before you and I got here. Somebody came in and turned on the lights. And when they turned on the lights, the darkness left. We're the church. I'm not afraid of darkness. I am the light. Christ in me, Jesus in you. The Bible says he's the light of the world, and the Bible says you are the light of the world. Did you know that? That means the more we surrender to him, the more he awakens around us the light that exposes the darkness. Come on, let's let God be God and Jesus be Lord as we begin to rise up in a posture of prayer. Take control of the airspace with me right now, will you? Come on, let's just celebrate and declare we are taking control of the spirit realm in our city. We are taking control in Jesus' mighty name. So I want to invite you, because not only were we able to comment in that, but we also got an invitation to go lead prayer at the state capitol building, totally different related uh, element going on, but at the state capitol Saturday, the day before Easter, uh, we're going to be able to stand at the Capitol and bring a declaration that Jesus is Lord, and we're going to pray on this government property in the capital city of the state where I-35 and I-40, I-35 and I-40 form a cross in the heart of the nation. You want to change a person's life? Get a cross awakened in the heart of their life. I believe God wants to change the nation. He's trying to reach into the heartland of this city, of this state, and of this nation. So I don't know how many people will be there or how many of us will be praying, but I was invited to be a part of this, and I just said, absolutely, let's devote some time to stand and declare over the airwaves of our our city and our state and our nation that Jesus is Lord. I I believe there's significance to such a thing. I'll also be sharing with you at the Capitol, May the 3rd, um, we will be a part of the National Day of Prayer again. So our congregation will actually come early that day, probably 10, and we'll pray over a specific agenda, and then a number of us will represent different sectors in our, in our city. I'll represent the pastors and churches in my section, uh, but we'll all be praying for that event. The governor will be invited to that. It's a big deal, and we have the opportunity to be a part of that. How many of you think God's setting us up? to be men and women of prayer who have entrance and invitation to go in and really impact the spiritual climate. Spiritual warfare. Taking control of the airspace so that then we can send in the ground troops more effectively. You know, you and I are actually equipped by God with a capacity and an ability to function in a realm that the Bible actually says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, is the unseen realm. In fact, we're told, fix our eyes on that which you cannot see. How do you do that? The answer to that is, it's the realm of the Spirit. There's a lot going on around you. There's a lot going on around you. And you and I are called by God to be effective in the way we address the unseen realm. 
And God wants to speak some things. And I, I thought of this as I was just kind of pondering it. Tracy and I were having a conversation. Um, we, were, we were aware of a young lady that some of our elders, Jay and Heather Schiffler, had been really close to. And she had walked through some really difficult times. And they were loving her, supporting her, and encouraging her. And her name's Buffy. Some of you may have met her because she came to church with the Schifflets. And when she walked through the back door the first time, Tracy and I didn't know that much. Didn't know her that, that well. We knew a little bit about her. But Tracy, that day, looked at her and she said to me, Scott Martin. And, and she's not a matchmaker, okay? She doesn't like matchmake. And, 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 I, and I just said to her, you're crazy. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, I, I didn't see that coming at all. And, and here today, while I'm talking to you, off to my left, your right, in the very back of this section over here, Scott and Buffy are sitting with his arm around the woman he just proposed to. They're getting married, and we want to celebrate with you guys. <laughs> Come on, why don't you two stand up? Hey, come on. Hey, Scott, you may hug your bride-to-be. Go ahead, hug, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I honestly, could be coincidence, could be chance, right? How do you know? Listen, there are so many of these kinds of conversations that are starting to happen in this church family. I'm absolutely blown away. After the second service, somebody came up to me and said they were writing what I was saying before I said what I was expressing out loud. Do you understand? Like, that's pretty radical. <laughs> He's God, and we've lived too far beneath our potential, and what the world around us does not need is more clever in the church. The world around us needs more power in the church where we're awakened to the things of God, and we are a force to be contended with in the earth. Come on, we just declare it today. We're receiving that today. We're being awakened to that today in Jesus' mighty name. I want to ask you to pray for those people that are on your heart and on your mind. I want to ask you not only to pray for them, but I want to ask you to have a conversation with them. And I want to ask you to invite them. We live in a society where people are thinking, oh, it's Easter, I should go to church. Not all cultures in the world have the luxury that you and I have. You do realize that. That is a mindset culturally that, that's going on in people's minds. And I want you this week to take, please scoop up. The, you understand these little egg cards? Uh, that was a really funny bunny, 20 gold, 24 karat gold. That was funny. That made my heart happy uh, to hear that. And so you'll find these egg cards here. And I don't know if you realize it or not, but they are... No good after next week. So take them all, okay? Don't leave any here because we'll just have to throw them away and take them and ask God to give you people to give them to. And hear my heart. I'm not wanting to try and, you know, get as many people packed in to have crowds of people attending our church. I mean, you all who are regulars here, you hear me say it often. We're not interested in attracting attenders. We're interested in making disciples. Whether anybody comes back, 
Listen, whether anybody comes back after you get them here and we lead them to Jesus, that's between them and God, and maybe there's another place where they'll find his home. But I I want you to know, we have a great responsibility to get people here to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, and and we're going to honor Billy Graham next week. I'm going to talk a little bit about that in my message. We're going to talk about the church and and why there's such confusion about the church. And I want us to be authentic and honest, not act like we've got it all together. And that's going to be an element of my message going into that. And then we're going to honor the late Billy Graham, who has served our generation well. And the conclusion of the service on Easter Sunday morning, Jesus is alive. Now let's make a decision to serve him and walk with him. And we're actually going to play a video of Billy Graham leading uh, people in the prayer to receive receive Christ to honor him. They're going to hear Billy Graham's words, and we're going to pray that prayer. And there are people that are going to give their lives to Christ. It's going to be a powerful moment. And I want to just make sure you get it. Let's take these this week. Go to our Facebook page and share the Easter event. Do that today. People are looking. We put out some ads on Facebook and that sort of thing. We, we are desperate to help people meet Jesus Christ. And you know what? I'm also desperate for people to meet God's amazing family that's in this room. There's some amazing people in this room who were just not harsh and judgmental, but were loving and embracing, yet we don't violate anything of our conscience or our conviction about what the truth truly is. It's a beautiful thing that God's entrusted to our care. I want to take you into an explanation of Scripture of the power of prayer and how you don't have to have it all together to get your prayers answered. It's really awesome. Acts chapter 12, starting with with verse 1. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. Verse 5, so Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying. Let's make sure we get this. Peter was in prison. The church began to pray, right? Peter was in prison. The church began to pray. And then it says, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Why did the chains fall off Peter's wrists? Because the church was praying. Peter was in jail. The church began to pray. The chains fell off his wrists. Now, this is really unique to me. It says, he went to the house where the people were praying. (laughs) Peter was in prison. The church began to pray. The chains fell off his wrist. He went to the prayer meeting. And a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. And when she recognized Peter's voice, she was overjoyed. She ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Hi, guess what? Peter's at the door. And they rejoiced with a tremendous attitude of faith and said, Yea and amen, sister, for we hath prayed. Nope, it says, You're out of your mind, they exclaimed. We're praying for Peter to be set free because he's in prison. Stop telling us that our prayers have worked. You're crazy. You understand? This is the Bible. I don't know how much faith you have. But I want to just challenge you to know something. God does not require very much to do something amazing if we'll just give him whatever it is we have. I love the scripture. I love that the Bible doesn't like 
put all this stuff in there that makes us feel like we can never measure up. Anybody here ever feel like you just don't have that much faith? Good news. You're in the Bible. (laughs) Peter's at the door, she said. They said, you are nuts. But Peter kept knocking, and when they opened the door, they saw him, and they were completely satisfied with their faith at that point in time. No, they were astonished. Like, this is real. I can get into this message. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Where God's grace is sufficient in the place of my weakness so that those around me that are weak don't feel like they have to measure up to an impossible standard that I've presented, but rather I'm authentic and I'm real and I'm human and I'm imperfect and so are you. So get over it and relax and let God be God because only Jesus can do what only Jesus can do. I'm about to come down there and shout me. God really does want to wake us up to an understanding that we don't have to have this all figured out to do what he's called us to do. Write it in, if if you would, on your blank. You simply must understand there are some things God wants to do in your life and in our world that will not happen if you do not pray. Some things God wants to do in your life, they will not happen if you do not pray. James chapter 4, verse 2, you have not because you ask not. You do not have because you do not ask. I mean, it doesn't even require a whole lot of faith. I got to tell you, when I walked over to Neil and I said, hey, you know, just felt like I was supposed to tell you God has a plan. And, and, And he was like, I need to get right with the Lord. I was astonished to use the word we just read out of Scripture. This was the look on my face. (laughs) Really? Like, you're serious. Listen, you've got somebody on your heart, that one. You're praying for them. You're believing. Guess what? This week, when you have that conversation, it is likely you will be astonished at their response to God's prompting in their life because you don't know the conversation God might be setting up for them in preparation for your conversation. What I didn't know about Neil was the night before Al had called him and said, I wouldn't want to be a bouncer in that bar. I didn't know that conversation happened. If Jesus came back, that's not where I'd want to be, my friend. That conversation happened the night before, setting him up to hear my conversation the next day. What kind of setup is going on for you this week that God might reach into the lives of the people that you're in relationship with? You and I are created by God to flourish. 2018 is a year where we learn we were created by God to flourish. But I just want you to know something. You do not flourish simply because God wants you to flourish. You have to cooperate with God's plan for your life to flourish. It doesn't happen just because he wants it to happen. I wish it did. But I see enough scripture and I understand what the fallen nature is about It's not God's will that any should perish, but many do. I believe God rarely gets his way. And many times he doesn't get his way because we feel defeated before we even begin. And I'm trying to expose that lie from the enemy so you'll be an empowered army after we have taken control of the airspace to go in as the ground troops and change the world. 
See, most people don't develop a lifestyle of prayer because they simply don't know how to pray. I mean, they simply don't know how. That's why this Rhythm of Prayer series, every, every message you know I've concluded by saying, okay, we talked about Tuesday, so on Tuesday, this is how you pray. Turn on the music, and then I just would pray through. So we've got an instructional video for you, about 90 seconds long, so you can learn how to pray. Greg, would you like to say grace? Oh, uh, well, uh, Greg's Jewish dad, you know that. You're telling me Jews don't pray, honey? Unless you have some objection. No, 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 I'd love to. Pam, come on, it's not like I'm a rabbi or something. I said grace in many a dinner table. It's... Okay. Oh, dear God. Thank you. You are such a good God to us, a, a kind and gentle and accommodating God. And we thank you, O oh sweet, sweet Lord of hosts, for the smorgasbord you have so aptly lain at our table this day and each day by day. Day by day, by day. Oh, dear Lord, three things we pray. To love thee more dearly, to see thee more clearly, to follow thee more nearly, day by day, by day. Amen. Amen. Oh, Greg, that was lovely. Thank you, Greg. That was interesting, too. <laughs> okay, don't pray like that. <laughs> let, me just, let me just help you understand something about the contrast, okay? What I want us all to understand is going to a place of prayer is not like going to the principal's offerings. That's the way we treat it. Going to a place of prayer is not like going to the principal's office to have a conversation. Going to prayer, according to God's plan, is going into this very enjoyable conversation with a compassionate and loving dad who's for you, not against you. Will never let you down. Will never turn away from you. No matter what you've experienced in this world, in this life, that is not who he is in any imperfection you've ever known. That is not who God wants us to understand a true relationship with the Father that is for us, not against us. That's the nature of prayer. Second, th Second Corinthians 13, 14 says, May the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. All effective prayer is born from intimacy. It's going to look different for different people. Not everybody looks the same. 
I've found that we have to find our own rhythm and we have to find our own expression. And everybody's expression is uniquely different. I, I, you know, two people can be doing the exact same thing. One doing it in a way that is a, at a sustainable pace and they find a lot of joy in the way they're doing what they're doing. And another person does it and they never find a sustainable pace and they never find any joy. And I want to tell you what I believe to be the reason why. Because people don't function the same way. God is the same, but we are very different. How many of you know some people in this room, they're very focused and rigid and they like lists and they want to see very specifically what steps A, B, C, D, E, F, G, R, and they have control issues. Raise your hand if it's you. You're not going to raise your hand because you're in control. I'm not going to raise my hand. <laughs> right? And then there are other people that are like, yeah, A, B, C, D, E, F is good, but G... <laughs> You understand? It's a different focus, and, and they have focus issues, right? Raise your hand if that's you. I probably lost you a while ago already. You're not focused. I mean, everybody's different. You're, one's not right and one's not wrong. We're all uniquely different. And if I get up and I try and tell you what works for me to be the most effective in my place of prayer and tell you that's what you should do, then I'm messing you up from discovering who you truly are. This is a lifelong journey of you trying to figure out how God wired you. And only God himself can teach you that and show you that and reveal that in every step, in every stage, in every season of your life. The church has focused far too long on conforming people to a pattern, and we need to understand God wants to transform us into his image. You don't have to look like me to be serving God. There are some things that you will pick up in my life that are positives, but be careful because not everything you pick up from me is going to be positive. It's just the nature of humanity. Some people love that rigid schedule. They can conquer a season and look back and feel a sense of accomplishment. That's beautiful. That's great. Other people love to journal and express more creatively what they're sensing from the Lord and from the Holy Spirit. Lexi, our youngest daughter, she uh, sees images when God is speaking to her. And so I encourage her. I said, listen, you, you know, like I'll write bullet points and she'll be drawing. And I'm like, what are you doodling in the house of the Lord for? Like, I'm about to have a nurse breakdown, right? And she's like, Holy Ghost doodling. And so I just told her, I, I recently we were having this conversation. I said, hey, why don't you come to church with a little canvas, and when you sense God speaking to you in a picture, sketch something down so that you can later really cultivate it. And here she sits, hold up your canvas. She's, hold, she's sitting here on the front row with her canvas in hand and, and showed me after first service something that she had already drawn. My question is, what does this look like for you in order for you to discover your sustainable pace of prayer where you find joy in interacting with God? Will you please hear that question today? What is the sustainable pace for you where you discover that place of really interacting with God and it's joyful? That's what he designed you for. Last blank. Write it in, please. And last, by the way, last week, the Bible is more like music than math. It's a very important message for you to get all of this to discover your rhythm. And so go back online and watch that if you would, please. Of all these weeks, you need to get that one and this one. But this, uh, this phrase I want you to write in today, understanding how the Bible is more like music than math takes us from routine to rhythm in the pursuit of God. It's not about... Routine, it's about rhythm, discovering your rhythm.
Not everybody likes the same song. How many of you like country and western songs? Sinners, sinners, sinners. How many of you like old-fashioned hymns? How many of you like rock and roll? Whoa! I'm in that crowd. Sorry. Lord, forgive me. Sanctify me. I mean, different, different sounds. Jazz. Any jazz lovers in the house? I mean, different sounds strike people different ways. It's very important. Very important that you understand. When we realize the Bible is more like music than math, it'll take us from a mere routine to discovering a joyful rhythm in the way we pursue our God. Ah, the church needs to get this. We live in a day where church does not understand what we're talking about this morning. It's all just become labor. It's all become duty. In so many respects, it's become duty and obligation. God wants, to, wants us to discover what it is to be in a place of being refreshed in the way we're pursuing Him and gathering with His family and figuring out who we are. And Man, it's good to be alive. Do you know how good it is to be alive? It is so good to be alive. If you don't feel that way, you've not discovered who you are because you're created to be truly alive when you realize who you really are. It is good to be alive. My prayer for you, and I, didn't want, to, I want to ask you to receive this over your life, over your family, as I say this, because I just devoted this year, coming into this year, that this is going to be our prayer daily. May we be more sensitive to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, more aware of the presence of God, so that conversations become confirmations that God is talking to us all. God is talking to us all. Conversations, someone says something, you go, I was just thinking that. You call somebody because they were on your heart, they say, you have no idea how much I needed to hear that today. God rarely gets the credit he deserves. But we are the mobilized force. The more sensitive we are to the promptings of the Holy Spirit and the presence of God, the more powerful we become as an army of the living God. The ground troops are moving in with greater effectiveness and greater influence, and the world is becoming more like the kingdom of heaven as it is being manifest in earth, and we lift up the name of Jesus. So this week, your action point. We always bring an action point. We don't just want to talk. We want to have an action point. I want to ask you to carry people God is prompting you to pray for all week long. Every day, pray for them. And, and bring them to church next week. Don't just invite and hope they make it and bring them. Offer to take them to lunch. Whatever you have to do. Bring them to church and let's introduce them to Jesus. I'm so glad my life changed. I was standing out at the front, actually, in the area where everyone's greeted, coming in. And, and I was talking to the people that were greeting everyone coming in. And I said, do you remember your first day coming in? And we were all talking about what it was like and, and just kind of, you know, the first day coming, what the experience was. And now here they are helping greet others in. That's just the way it happens. We grow and mature and realize life's not all about everybody serving me, but life's about me discovering what my gift is. Some of you don't need to be at the front door because you'll just be kind of standing up there like this, looking this way. You know, that's probably not your front door. But some of you are like, hey, what's up? Yeah, what's your destiny? And we have to say, like, calm down a little bit, you know. Figure out who you are and be who you are. That's what we want you to do. And let people be who God's called them to be. 
as they come to know who Jesus truly is. Oh, God. God, I know that you love each of us so uniquely different. Just like a parent that would have children loves each child uniquely different. Always willing to cater to whoever the child truly is so that genuine and authentic communication can take place. Help us to know, Lord, that is your passion for each of us. For each of us. Just, would you just keep your eyes closed for a moment? It is hard to pray for others when you carry a guilty conscience. When your conscience isn't clear because you know you're not right with God, it's hard to get your mind off of yourself. But the Bible says we're to come boldly into the throne room of God. And we do that when we're completely forgiven because of who Jesus truly is. Then we become more effective. And just with eyes closed, no one looking around, if that's you today and you say, I need to take a step to become a Christian, to enter into a place of serving God, I want you to slip up your hand if that's you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Just quickly, you can put your hands down. If you say, you know, this is where I am. I just know I need to take a step forward in my faith. I'm, I'm a believer, but I, just need, I know I need to take a step forward, being liberated into some of what you're talking today. Slip up your hand if that's you. I want to pray over you as well. Lots of hands there. Any others? Just quickly, and you can put them back down. Thank you. Come on, let's stand together. Come on, let's pray this prayer of invitation for God to awaken who we are, that we might become more of who he's called us to be as we recognize Jesus as Lord. Jesus is who he says he is. Jesus is the Messiah. He came, he lived, he died, but he is alive. He came to rescue all humanity from a fallen state of sinfulness, causing us to understand what it is to truly live. So come on, let's acknowledge that today. Would you say this out loud? Lord Jesus, let's all say it together. Lord Jesus, you came. You lived, you died, but you're alive. I accept you came to rescue humanity from all of our sin. I need you as my Savior to awaken me to become everything that you've called me to be. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Come on, let's just thank the Lord Jesus Christ.